Welcome back to another episode of Live Epic Youth Development and Leadership. I am Daryl Budkin and I'm glad to have you on this show. So we begin the second season with a look at youth development from a strengths-based philosophy. Uh, practically every episode that we um, have this, this season is going to really come from um, that strengths-based perspective, just looking at how it gets significantly improve and, and, and impact your work as a parent, educator, or leader. Okay, and I shared with you in in the last episode that Don Clifton uh, is a pioneer in positive psychology and has been dubbed the strengths the strengths man, the strengths finder. He worked uh, along with Gallup. Uh, they developed the strengths finder. Uh, assessment. You can go to gallup.com and just you know get more information if you want to become a, a strengths coach or you know do the assessment yourself. And you can do the assessment for your teenage children as well. So it's uh, really good, really good stuff. There are 34 uh, strengths and four major themes, and we talked about that in in the last episode. And so today we're going to continue continue that. Remember, on this on this podcast, Live Epic, we talk about youth development and leadership. And we focus on primarily young persons between the ages of 12 to 24. And of course, depending on uh, your, your area, the definition of youth may vary. Uh, the UN has a different version. Your... Um, your local, maybe your member of, uh, in the Ministry of Youth in your in your government, they would have a slightly different um, age range. Nonprofits may focus on a particular age range within that band, but generally, uh, twelve to twenty-four is around a reasonable e- expectation for what would be described as a young person. Okay, and. Seeing that reminds me I'm so far away from that mark right now. <laughs> yeah, but it is what it is, right? So, okay, so we talked about strengths and and, and, and we are referencing uh, two books, uh, Strengths-Based Parenting by um, Mary Reckmeyer and The Strength Switch by Leah Waters. Both women are extremely um, well-talented. They are... Um, academic professionals, uh, both have the PhDs. Uh, actually, uh, Mary is a daughter of Don Clifton. I forgot to mention that in the last episode. Okay, And she works intimately with the, the people at Gallup uh, to continue the, the work that uh, her father would have um, initiated or started. So I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your feedbacks. Oh, shout out to my friend Mubafa Baker in Canada who reached out to me um, last week and gave me some feedback on, on the episode. I appreciate you very much, my brother. And continue the great work that you are doing um, up there in the north. We the north, all right? So before I go into the, the meat of this episode, I just wanted to pause for one minute. I was thinking uh, about the war in Ukraine. Um, you know, Russia is conducting some military exercises, also called a war, <laughs> in Ukraine. And I was thinking about the young people. And I was reflecting on the wars all over the world. I have um, 
a friend from Ethiopia. There's a war between the prime minister um, or the, the country of Ethiopia, their armed forces, and uh, a, a group called the Tigray um, people. There's war in the Democratic Republic of Congo still going on. And, of course, Syria, they, they've been through a, a terrible time. Afghanistan was a 20-year war. And there are wars all over the world. And I was thinking, wow, you know, I grew up in sunny Trinidad and Tobago. And as an adolescent, as a young person, you know, my time, I didn't have to deal with war. You know, I, being a young person was so much fun. Um, schoolwork was, of course, you no know, one likes schoolwork. But, I mean, being an adolescent was fun. You know, sleepovers, um, buying punch and burgers at the side of the road. Uh, what else? What else we did? What else we did? Um, play games, go to camps. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes I went to four camps in a year. Cadets camps, um, camps with my local church um, or my regional um, um, youth groups. I mean, yeah, going to the mall. And these young people in these war-torn um countries they are just being deprived of so much so much of what it means to be you know yeah a young person you know and you know you know meeting people having fun uh just you know exploring you know maybe i remember i, I was a member of a, um, uh, a drama group at one time you know just doing things so yeah i just I send this out just to say to all of you, you know, maybe wherever you are right now, the work that you're doing is important. And if you could help the young person in your area, just enjoy the purity and the, the fun of youth. That would be so awesome. Because there are young people right now sheltering or hiding bomb shelters or running because they don't want to get caught in some crossfire they're trekking through you know or across thousands of miles across borders because they are afraid for their life you know let's not take for granted what we have um, those of us who are not in war-torn situations and you know let's make it um, as best as possible for the young people in our care all right that's it i'm off my soapbox right now i'm off my soapbox so let's get to it. <clears throat> now we we talked uh, last week. Uh, we introduced the concept of strengths and strengths-based thinking. And in this episode, we're gonna do a comparison because the opposite of a strengths-based think um, a th- thought process is a deficit-based model. Okay, and I'll explain that as we go along. But just to remember, when we talk about strengths, uh, the researchers they say that. Uh, a strength is the ability to consistently provide near perfect performance in a specific activity all right and that's 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 a key thing for you to remember our main focus today is on looking at the differences between a deficit based thinking and strengths based thinking I want to share with you some work presented by Dr. Kalyan Soma. She's a licensed social worker 
and has a doctorate in psychology. She uh, works with STAR, the STAR organization, STAR.org. You can check them out. They provide a lot of great uh, programs for persons who want to be certified and trained in, you know, in areas of youth development. So let's look at it. A deficit-based model or, or thinking style says, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with Pfizer? But a strengths-based approach says, what's right with Pfizer? Deficit-based thinking, he's just a bad kid. Uh, the opposite is, there's no such thing as a bad kid. A deficit-based model that says, Look at her behavior. And a strength space says, I wonder what is making her act that way. Now think about that when you go to the classroom next time. Deficit based thinking, he doesn't even want my help. But a strength space approach says, he's afraid that he'll get hurt again. Deficit based model says, punishment will get her attention. Whereas the opposite will say, Caring people will get her attention. Deficit beast. Give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Strengths beast. If we give him a chance, he could go far. Deficit beast thinking. He can't be trusted. The opposite. He needs a positive adult that he can trust. Finally, deficit beast thinking says, We are in charge. Strengths-based says, let's see what she needs to feel better. So I want to thank Dr. Soma from star.org for sharing this with her. You can check it out on the website um, where she talks about the differences between strengths-based and deficit-based thinking. So you see clearly there the demarcations between the two types of thinking, the two, type, the two styles. And I want to stress just the importance to you as a parent or as an educator, someone in the business world, maybe you have young people who you're leading, okay, that you want to think about where you are right now. What is your natural default? And make an intentional decision. Here, what? I need to move over, migrate to a strengths-based style and mode of thinking. It's just so important. And there's research to back it up. Okay, and we're going to get to that uh, in a minute. You see, overall, a deficit-based thinking person, they focus on, you know, what's wrong, what's broken, what's weak, what needs to be solved, what needs to, you know, short term, what needs to fix now, what's what's going on, what happened in the past that was wrong, and I need to control the situation, I need to pre- be able to predict it, and I think in hindsight, in reflection, a lot of our management training focuses on a deficit-based a deficit model, because I'm thinking... As I reflected on, you know, the information that I came across, I said, but you know, this is how I've been trained as a manager. 
yeah, I, you know, I have my MBA from Arthur Lockjack Global School of Business. And as a student of business, yeah, to me, it sounds just about right. This is what we, if we look at what's, you know, the, the focus is on looking at what's wrong because you want to, you know, correct it. And I want to, I want to say outright, the research has shown that it's not that you, you, you're totally ignoring what's wrong and the things that need solving. That's not it. You're going to explain later, okay? But I just realized how much the focus has been on that. And as the strength space person, in summary, you know, they are thinking, okay, now what's going well with this person or this young person in this particular instance we're talking about on the podcast, okay? What are the possibilities? How can we work together co-construct, co-design an environment that could lift, bring out a solution? How can we engender an internal intrinsic drive in this young person to make them the best that they can be? And is there a solution that we could come up with that is sustainable, that wouldn't just, you know, be a short-term fizzle? And they want to they think about how do I rely on strengths because strengths have their own inbuilt momentum. They keep going and going and going because once you're in your strength zone, you know, you do this with without, you know, <laughs> without thinking, without any food. You just keep going. They are they want the strengths based think thinking person is, is focused on how do I transform? How do I highlight the past successes, not the past failures, and create a scenario where, listen, I am discovering, wow, there's more greatness in Pfizer and more than than um, challenges, and I'm pulling it out, I'm drawing it out, out, out of them, and then using that as a catalyst, as a platform to inspire change in probably the areas that, you know, requires change. It's a different mindset. It's a difficult one because, let's be honest, short term is the way we live. I, I don't know about you. I could, I, I'm talking about me. Maybe that's not you. But we think short term. Listen, I have this bill that is due next week. I have an exam that is coming up at the end of the term. I have, you know, to, to see this change take place by a particular time as an educator. I have an assessment coming up, okay? Uh, as a parent, I am concerned because the last um, review wasn't good and I have teacher's conference coming up and it can't be bad again. But overall, in any sphere... It could even in business, okay, in the next quarter, the re- earnings report. Okay, I have these young people in my team here. They better buck up because my bonus is dependent on how our quarterly earnings reports are, 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 are churning out. You know, it's just the nature of, I realize more and more now by, by reflecting on this, we are short-term generally in, in, in so many ways. And so the short-term uh, 
let's see, lifestyle, it sort of promotes, encourages us to listen. Hey, let us focus on seeing what's wrong and fixing it, controlling it, um, predicting it, because, you know, Pfizer, these weaknesses, they, they're glaring in my eye. I need to get I need to get rid of them because problems, problems. I'm seeing, you know, flashing lights in my head. But to think long term, to think, okay, you know, let me focus on what's going right and and and, and think from that asset based, strengths based perspective. Wow, it's a lot of work. It requires long term thinking and we just all feel short on time. So it's it's gonna take, you know, a strong amount of will and effort to 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 curtail that and to to rise above that. Okay, so there's a paper by Olga and Vladik called "Why Asset-Based Approach to Teaching Is More Effective Than the Usual Deficit-Based Approach." and why the new approach is not easy to implement. A simple geometric explanation. And they summarize it really well using a geometric model, which I found to be a pretty interesting way to um, to look at it. And they summarize it well. They said, asset-based teaching is more difficult to implement because it requires more long-term objectives, but teaching is slanted to a daily focus. You know, you have these things accomplished today and it's just so critical to get them done. Now despite that, the research has been fairly overwhelming. And what I have been looking at that suggests that we need to make that switch a strengths-based approach in how we are raising our young people. Okay, listen to this. The results showed that people who reported greater use of their strengths developed greater levels of well-being over time. Specifically, at both three- and six-month follow-up, greater strengths use was related to greater self-esteem, vitality, and positive effect, and lower perceived stress. Uh, thanks, Alex uh, M. Wood, for that. I want you to look up this paper, The Effects of Strengths-Based versus Deficit-Based Self-Regulated Learning Strategies on Students' Effort and Intentions by Hemstra and Yeperen, H-I-E-M-S-T-R-A, and Y-P-E-R-E-N. Those are the two authors. So, in two randomized experiments, one conducted online with 174 uh, participants and one in the classroom with 267 participants, they tested the effects of two types of self-regulated learning strategies on students' intentions to put effort into professional development activities. Okay? So, now, a self-regulating uh, learning strategy that refers to self-control actions, uh, self such as you know self-evaluation, self-reflection, goal selection, 
uh, goal setting, planning, and self-monitoring. This is what uh, enables individuals to, to, to take the action needed to acquire skills and you know, to build their knowledge and to optimize their learning. Right? And this is coming straight from uh, this research paper. The crux of it really is that when students have higher self-evaluations, there's a sense of competence. Then it creates a, you know, a better atmosphere for them to you know, work on their personal development, work on their weak areas to, to, to develop their life. So let me read from you another excerpt from this paper. Clearly, such deficit-based strength um, self-regulated learning strategies can motivate students to put effort into professional development activities. Okay? And they refer to control theories that posit that motivated behavior results from the perception of a discrepancy between the active actual situation and, and a standard. Now that's 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 how you know the deficit-based model tends to work. You 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 identify okay, I want to be an A student, but right now I'm a I'm a C student, and um, and that's you know you want to get to that standard. I'll just throwing out an example there. Now the drawback is that it's it creates an inherent focus on students' shortcomings. That is the performance dimensions on which a student feels you know relatively incompetent. And I have been there, you know, with respect to mathematics, for instance. And so I understand that quite well, okay? So, they then go on to talk about motivational theories, such as self-efficacy theory by Bandura in 1997, right? And self-determination theory by Ryan and DC in 2000. And the achievement goal approach by Elliot and Church in 1997. Now, these theories talk about perceived competence being an important determinant of motivation. So the, the, the conclusion of this, this, this point is that an exclusive focus on deficit-based uh, self-regulated uh, learning strategies may not be the most effective way to motivate students to put effort into their you know, professional development activities. And I, and I want to extend that to say um, in terms of Basically, practically, you know, any type of personal development, because uh, as we, we you know, explained earlier on, it what what you do is that you short of, you know, accentuate the negative, which doesn't help to make someone feel better about themselves and about their performance, and therefore it does not give them that stimulation, that intrinsic motivation to just you know to go forward. It just sort of deflates them. So, I mean, think about it. If you have a friend or a boss or, or uh, a parent, anyone whose primary focus, you know, let's say they talk to you 10 times in a day. And then the nine times of the, out of those 10, they're talking about your weak areas. You know, you know Daryl, you know, you need to be, you know, you're a better communicator. Daryl, you need to be, um, better money-wise. Daryl, you need to do better at uh, your exam. And this, you know, you got 60, but man, you can make 70, you can make 85. Or why aren't you understanding this concept in, in work? Probably, you know, it's a spec, uh, a specification that, they, that you are not grasping. Uh, 
just think about it like that. Does that boost yourself, your sense of competence or motivation to achieve more? And of course, I know there are going to be like the 2% of you who are going to be like, yeah, that, that makes me want to work harder. But I'm, um, I'm talking to the bulk of us. Let's just be honest. For, for most of us, when you have a scenario like that, it just doesn't, you know, give you that, pro- that push. You know, it kind of weighs you down. Um, it, it drags you and it, it doesn't help in terms of your motivation. And that's really what this research is talking about. Okay, going back to the article, they emphasize that research indicates that relative to negative feedback, positive feedback enhances individual self-evaluations, right? So what this means, right? Students who are focused on improving their strengths rather than their shortcomings, they feel more competent and more intrinsically motivated and more willing to expend effort in other areas of their life, okay? So... Strengths are associated with goal progress and the fulfillment of psychological needs, including the need for competence. The need for competence is a, is a critical need. That's the need you want to you want to stroke, you want to grow, you want to develop in whatever capacity you are listening to me today as a teacher, educator, uh, business leader. Okay. And you can read more about that in using signature strengths. In, the, in Pursuit of Goals, right, by the International Coaching Psychology Review. So, I want to share one last um, highlight from the article with you. It's by Rector 2010. They did a study with university students and it demonstrated that relative to traditional feedback review, a strengths-based feedback, Feed-forward review resulted in higher self-efficacy and a stronger effort intentions. All right, so it's 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 pretty you're on pretty solid ground to reconsider the approach that you're taking. Now there are some limitations, of course, in in this paper and in general. So this in this people that I was referring to, you know, one of them was that um, these studies, you know, were considering broad interventions, and it's difficult in a research context to really be sometimes as precise as you'd all like, right? Um, these people didn't un- um, ex- examine underlying motivational processes as an, as another limitation. And that's possible that there could have been other motivational uh, factors, okay? That is also possible, so we can't rule that out. But there is a, there is a clear causal relationship. There is a clear uh, impact based on research by uh, um, many persons that strengths boost confidence, boost competency, boost that sense of, yeah, I could do this. And then that translates into effort and work by the person. So, I want you to think about where you're at. Uh, you could be a, you know, your parent, your youth worker, your edu- edu- educator, you are, um, you know, a business leader, and just think about your approach. Think about, you know, what you do on. Uh, 
on a fairly regular basis. Be honest with yourself, though. Okay? Because if you're not, you know, it's not going to be helpful. And, me, and, and ask yourself, you know, am I using a deficit-based model or am I using a shrinks-based model? And then from there, if you know that you tend to be more on a deficit-based approach, think about trying to make a switch, okay? And see if you can, you know, turn your whole strategy around in terms of how you approach uh, the individual. Think about what's right with them. Think about what they're good at. How you could encourage them to build on it and use that the momentum from that to one directly or indirectly encourage them to you know rethink a weak area re- you know or approach it in a different way i really appreciate you listening to this episode and to and for your your company for sharing it for me, what was significant in this episode was really just the comparisons between deficit-based model and a strengths-based model. Definitely realize that I have been, I am, but I have to make that conversion, really more on the deficit-based side in so many ways. I know how harmful it is. Feel free to connect with me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn at Daryl Butkin, Twitter Daryl Butkin, and Instagram same Daryl Butkin. On Facebook Daryl D Butkin. I look forward to hearing from you. Or email is darylbutkin at gmail.com. and uh, your feedback is greatly appreciated. And feel free to share the episode and subscribe. Hey, and the next next episode we're going to look at overcoming four negative defaults coming from the book the strength switch by leah waters we're going to talk about those four negative defaults and how we have been so hardwired to operate in the negative and how it impacts and negatively you know affects our ability to be strengths-based leaders strengths-based parents strengths-based educators thank you so much for your company uh have a great day whatever you're doing listening to this podcast live epic